0: okay so speaking about enthusiasm today we're going to start with matthew chapter 3 look at a few people who had enthusiasm and uh, just pull apart a couple of scriptures to find out what the lord is telling to us matthew chapter 3 and verse 4 we read the same john john the baptist had his raiment his clothing of camel's hair i don't know if there's any shops in rundle Mall that are making clothes with camel's hair at all has anyone ever seen any clothing made with camel's hair yes you've seen it very nice. nice is it well you can make it look nice i don't think john the baptist would have had the best camel's hair suit on but they can do anything these days and it says here and a leather girdle about his loins okay a leather girdle about his loins and his meat was locusts and wild honey anyone ever tried that There may have been some. I'm not sure. Yes. No, no one here. Okay. Well, that's good. Now, how would you be if you were told to do that? You're out in the near the Jordan River there, which there's not much else around. You know, there's no sort of mires at the end of the river, anything like that. There's no cafes. He's out there uh, sleeping wherever he slept, eating locusts and wild honey, and he's got camel's hair for his clothing there he looked a bit different to most people and most people in that area would have known of him have you seen the bloke out there yeah, have you seen him? and then when he came of course and started baptizing people and saying a few things to them well perhaps they stood up even more this guy was different yeah so are you you're different you're a little bit different and i don't mean that unkindly he drew attention people recognised this man was a bit different to other people go to Matthew 11 please in verse 7 now this is at a time just before this uh, John the Baptist was in prison and he sent two of his followers his disciples to go and speak to Jesus and say you the one that should come John was perhaps having a few doubts or just making sure we read and as they departed Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John what went ye out to see went out in the wilderness to see a reed shaken with the wind question mark so the wilderness you understand was the Jordan here at this particular stage is in where lots and lots of people are the Jordan isn't where lots and lots of people were why did you go out to the Jordan to see John the Baptist he goes on he says this a reed shaken with the wind. Now, you know what a reed is, don't you? A reed's sort of like tall grass, as it were. Did you go out to see the scenery and think, ooh, what lovely scenery? Did you go out and see a man who was a bit mad and perhaps who was changed by every new idea that came along? Or perhaps he wanted you to do something strange, a reed shaken with the wind? A man who's lost his mind, perhaps. Is that why you went out there? This guy is baptizing people and calling upon them to repent and to believe on someone else. Verse 8 What went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment. Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in kings' houses. Is he saying, I know? You didn't expect that when you go out because you know that people in soft clothing are in kings' palaces. So you went out to see something different and it goes on it says this, but what went you out for to see? A prophet? Yes, yes, verily, truly, assuredly, even so is what the word means there. I say unto you, more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee back in malachi don't turn i'm going to read it to you malachi chapter 3 says behold i will send my messenger malachi is in the old testament the last of the prophets prophesying to the people of uh, uh, judah and also to the people of israel who walked away at this particular stage i will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me now notice when jesus says here i will send my messages before thy face which will prepare their way before thee. So the me and the thee are the one person. You take that in yourself. And the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. You won't expect him to come. He won't come with great pomp and ceremony. He'll just appear. Even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the Lord of hosts, and who may be able to abide the day of his coming? Stand it. Who shall be able to uh, be calm about it? And who shall stand when he appears? Ask the question. Who will stand up and say, all right, this is the message of the Lord. I'm going to listen. And of course, he's thinking about the other thing too. And who will be destroyed? For he is like a refiner's fire. This is talking about refining gold and refining silver here. Get it to such a temperature that the solid stuff stays down, and the other rest is is burnt off, etc. It separates, etc. And Fuller's soap. Now Fuller's, of course, is an English term. There was no Fuller's soap in uh, in Israel back two thousand years ago, but Fuller's was a, a brand of English soap. But the idea was Fuller's soap really got you clean and that's why that word has been put there he's like a soap which is really going to get you clean who may be by the day of his coming who shall stand when he appears verse three and he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver he shall purify the sons of Levi of course he's not speaking about John the Baptist he's actually talking about jesus christ who was going to come he shall purify the sons of levi the priestly tribe who had the responsibility to look after the the tabernacle excuse me and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the lord an offering in righteousness the messenger was to introduce the refiner john the baptist was the messenger he was the one who introduced Jesus behold the Lamb of God he said he was a refiner he was a cleanser and a purifier I'm going to say those words again he was a refiner a cleanser and a purifier and who wouldn't want that you know Sister Leslie was excited to think that there was some way of getting purified and cleansed and refined and sorted out and many of the rest of us were the same. Wow, some direction in life, something to do, a purpose, etc., etc. And to be able to live a way which would be pleasing to God. That's what Jesus came to do. The big question about being enthusiastic in the Lord is, do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus came to cleanse to purify to refine do we actually believe that or is it just a story to us well praise the lord over the years it's become truth to us that we find this is true in every way that christ changes us and the way that we do things and we get excited when we read a part of scripture that we haven't read before haven't seen something in it we think whoa i've never seen that before and all of a sudden your brain starts to go 100 miles an hour and down this particular path the word of god is a purifier and a cleanser of our thinking gets us thinking the right way and of our actions if we follow on It gives in verse 3 here and he shall sit as a refiner, a purifier of silver, he shall purify the sons of Levi, purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Well, what was wrong with the priests and the scribes at the at the present time? Well that is the point. They weren't being righteous. Jesus was coming to show those who serve God how to live righteously. He was going to make them righteous. So this was a pivotal moment in Israel's history. All the prophets spoke about this time when the Lamb of God was to come. Spoke about John the Baptist, the one who was the one who introduced the message here. A defining moment. And we find a defining moment in our lives, all the people said. That all of a sudden we realise, wow, I've found the truth. i found something bigger than I ever thought I was going to find. And it's wonderful. In verse 11, back where you are, verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there's not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Because his role was to introduce the Messiah. John was the greatest prophet. He actually saw the Messiah, the others didn't. He introduced him. This is the one. He baptized him. This is the one. It goes on and says, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Hand up, kingdom of heaven, people. Hand up, yep, that's right. Spirit filled, walking on with the Lord, baptized, following Christ, kingdom of heaven. He that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. What are we doing with our salvation? What are we doing with that? What are we doing with our relationship with the Lord? Are we putting it in our back pocket? Are we burying it? You are greater in the kingdom of heaven than John the Baptist. This man who was so enthusiastic, enthusiastic, enthusiastic to follow God's word and God's command and God's calling that this is the way he lived to make sure he was separate from everybody else. the next verse is one we're going to concentrate on in just a moment verse 12 and from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force so this is only a short time of course this is maybe i don't know how many months into jesus ministry. This is from the time of john the baptist we don't know exactly how long he had been out in the wilderness baptizing people and so on too but from the time he started that up until now jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven suffers violence we're going to look at what that means in just a moment let's read on verse 13 for all the prophets and the law prophesied until john and if you will receive it this is elias or elijah in the old testament which was for to come he that has ears let him hear and of course we read in malachi chapter 4 and verse 5 behold i will send you elijah or elias the prophet before the coming and the great and the dreadful day of the lord he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse he had a purpose for coming here a reason for coming all the prophets were up until him so all the prophesying's about the coming of Jesus they ended at the time of John the scribes and the Pharisees had many things to tell us we know that the law came to teach us good morals we know that the prophets came to teach us what God was going to do in the future and it all culminated in this point of John the Baptist coming that there's a different way to live afterwards John the Baptist came to introduce a different way Jesus came to tell us that way and to make that new way available by the holy ghost and fire as we know jesus said there's one coming after me whose shoes i'm not worthy to bear he will baptize you with the holy ghost and fire whose fan is in his hand he will thoroughly or completely clean his floor (laughs) and gather the wheat into the garner. the good stuff he'll gather into the kingdom of heaven the stuff the people who aren't interested away with the wind they just blow away Well, praise the Lord that you've made a good decision to be here and involve yourself in the things of God. Okay. Let's go back to verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Violent, what does that mean? Well, we looked up a couple of different references and it seems to mean enthusiastic. The violent or the enthusiastic ones the ones who won't be pushed around the ones who know what they're going to do it makes sense because the passage in Matthew is about the positive effect of John's ministry the positive effect so these people are enthusiastic about John's ministry about turning the hearts of the people back to God the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers it was from the time of John's preaching that men and women began to press into the kingdom of God to receive those things which were prophesied and the earnest or the enthusiastic won their way in the statement suffers violence the kingdom of heaven is forced it's broken into and one passage said it's like a ship in those days you had a safe harbour because there was a barrier across the harbour other ships couldn't get in and that barrier had to be removed to allow ships in and taking it by violence taking it by force means they forced their way in to this place this kingdom of heaven there was a barrier and those who are enthusiastic forced their way in i'm going to go in there and get this no matter what it is i want this thing i want the kingdom of heaven and so the violent at this time were taking it by force the enthusiastic were taking it by force and the enthusiastic are now listening to jesus how would they do that with john the baptist how would they do that what did john tell them to do repent repent everyone but there's one coming after me who's mightier than i etc etc he will baptize you with the holy ghost and fire so these people told to get baptized expecting to receive from jesus the baptism of the holy ghost that only came of course when jesus died and rose again The eager and the enthusiastic followers of Jesus now seize the kingdom. They win the prize of the battle between the flesh and the spirit, between the world and heaven. A point up there if it's up there. It's actually not up there. It's all around us. And all the people said, where two or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So it's a battle between this here and the Spirit of God. Our biggest problem is our head, or what's contained in it—the brain. You know, did you have anyone say to you, "You know, you've been brainwashed" when you received the Spirit? Yeah, several people said that to me. The answer would be, "Oh yeah, well, my brain needed washing. Yeah, it was a mess. Needed more than a washing. Needed a jolly good scrub." And so we get filled with the Spirit, and all of a sudden, the mind of Christ comes in here. And starts to influence influence our behaviour. So we are enthusiastic to receive Christ's teaching. The mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. We have received the mind of Christ. Praise the Lord. We have to fight for the faith. Yeah? We've got to fight for the faith. The faith, of course, is what we're going to call Christianity, it's what we believe. We have to fight for it. If we want the faith of Christ to be active in our lives and in us, then what we have to do is to believe, to trust, and to rely upon Jesus. It's a thing we have to do. It doesn't happen just because we're good looking, or just because we're somebody's son, or whatever. It happens because we actually trust we actually do it we actually do what we can now as i mentioned to some people a couple last week i think it was often people come and pray for more faith lord increase my faith and that's a, a reasonable prayer how do we increase our faith well it's only us we've only got a certain amount because it's us you know and the bible says something different the bible says it's a gift of god yeah realizing and understanding that faith is the thing which people have to do to realize and understand where it comes from i'm going to go through some verses at the end of the talk about that come back to that one but if we want the faith of christ to be active and effective in us then we've got to trust rely upon stick to his word to carry out his word in our lives to accomplish his promises to fulfill his promises and his goals in our life now unfortunately not everyone isn't as enthusiastic as john and i'm not suggesting today that you need to go out and buy a you know coat of camel's hair with a leathern girdle about your loins or anything like that or to live on locusts and wild honey jesus didn't do that it was john's particular corner to do that one but to be enthusiastic for the lord Requires effort, doesn't it? It's so easy just to lie on the couch. Yeah? It's so easy just to lie on the couch and barrack for your football team. Uh, there was a commercial a couple of years ago. You remember that, uh, that fitness commercial that was there? Who was he? Norm. Norm, that's right, Norm. Uh, you might not have seen it, depending on how old you are. Norm used to lie on the couch and he used to drink his beer and eat his hamburgers and so on too and this is at a time when the government was trying to get people to realize their lifestyle was a bit crazy because many people were going down the same path with heartache heart attacks and so forth and so on and so it talked about this guy norm who did nothing and it was this come on norm get up and do something and really that's what we have to do now jesus likens the generation of his time to a bit of a norm. Go to verse 16. Whereunto shall I liken this generation? It is like to children sitting in the markets and calling to their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you. In other words, we've played the flute. We've played lovely music to you. And you haven't danced. You haven't responded to our flute playing. You haven't responded to our music. The word "danced" here in the, in the Greek actually means to line up in ranks like one of us and to join with us. So the world is saying to us, we've piped to you, we've played music to you, but you haven't responded to our calling to you to be part of our culture and our way of living life. I haven't seen you at a rock conference recently. I haven't seen you giving your life to serve this worldly cause or that worldly cause. We have mourned unto you. We've cried and we've wailed to you. We've expressed how sad we are that you're not with us. And you're still involved in that crazy group following Jesus. And you haven't lamented, goes on to say. You haven't beaten your chest with grief. I'm so sorry. You haven't regretted doing what you're doing. You haven't changed your mind and come back to us. Instead, you go to a meeting on a Sunday. Praise the Lord, and all the people said. We have not gone the way of the world. Jesus is speaking to us at this stage here. Don't be like the world. They just want to pull us back to be like them. And Jesus said, I don't want you to be like them. I want you to come out and be separate. The summary of this little verse and the few verses around is: is, we've called you to join with us, to join in our party, our way of living we were really kind to you we explained to you why we think the way that we do we disagree with your way of thinking in fact we had a vote about it that's what they did and in families and groups they talk about us following the lord jesus christ who will survive the enthusiastic ones those who are enthusiastic to follow jesus christ to say to all these other thoughts and ideas "Yeah, yeah, i'm following the lord i have found something greater than what you're trying to talk to me about i only want to follow the lord he goes on in verse 18 for john came neither eating nor drinking with others it's assumed it means with others and they say he has a devil in other words he's not like us he's cruel and he's unloving John, so the son of man came eating and drinking and they say behold a gluttonous man a wine bibber someone who stays along at the strong drink a friend of publicans and sinners but wisdom is justified of her children so this is wisdom humanity's wisdom versus God's children the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world wisdom is justified of her children The people in the world will justify their wisdom. The people of God will justify God's wisdom. Scribes and Pharisees were all about justifying themselves and condemning everybody else. This drinking claim was one of the many lies they put up about Jesus. Jesus might have sat down with a group of people who were drinking, with publicans, with tax collectors and with other sinners and there's a reason for him to do that he was calling them to let them know you've been disappointed by the way that the uh, religious people have taught you to follow God and you've found no truth there you've found no reason to stay there and I'm showing you I'm coming to tell you a better way I just want to tell you the reason why the statement is actually uh, uh, something made up by the scribes and the pharisees just uh, turn with me, if you will, please, to Proverbs 31. Leave your finger here in this page. Proverbs 31. is the proverb, and it starts this way. The rest of the proverb here is talking about um, uh, uh, a virtuous woman and so on too. In verse 4, It is not for kings, O Lemuel, whoever he was it is not for kings to drink wine nor for princes to drink strong drink lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts let him forget and forget sorry let him drink and forget his poverty remember his misery no more so that's for those who are without hope drinking was jesus without hope no way he was the king of king and lords of lord of lords so it wasn't for him to be drinking wine he didn't need it the wine he came to take a hold of was the wine of the holy ghost the new covenant the spiritual way the living word jesus christ could not do anything which was contrary to the written word the written word says don't drink it so the living word jesus christ himself wouldn't be drinking Many stories were made up about Jesus. As we know, false witnesses were brought forth at the very end to get him crucified. The truth is that it is not always easy to be enthusiastic for God's things because pressures come upon us. And if we place more importance on what the world would say than we do on what the Lord would say, then our walk becomes a little bit uneasy. To remain enthusiastic is the goal. Most of us, not all of us, get cut off from family, friends, whoever, in one way or another because we've made a stand for the Lord. Becoming a follower of Jesus Christ takes courage. You are not a weak person for not getting involved what they're inviting you to get involved in you are a strong person for saying no that's not what i'm being called to do that's not what the lord wants me to do i have decided i don't want to do that it takes a person of strong resolve to be resolved or decide in your own mind no this is i'm going to follow jesus christ no matter what happens i'm going to follow jesus christ a mind that won't melt when the heat comes on and the heat comes on all our life it's easy to give up and say, "Ah, oh, it's too hard. It's too hard," and blame it on the Lord. Where life's hard for everybody. However, we have the access by faith through grace to the gift of God, Jesus Christ. John eight verse thirty-one. Please go there. John eight thirty-one. John chapter 8 verse 31 and we'll read verse 32 as well then says Jesus to those Jews which believed on him if you continue in my word then are you my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free so it was continuing on right through his crucifixion never giving up they had to continue on to that place when they received the Holy Ghost and the truth was going to set them free. The Holy Spirit would set them free from all the troubles of this life, all the, all the sin and so on of this life. The word continue in verse uh, 31 I- I- in the concordance is, in, when it's referring to time, to continue to be, not to perish, to last, to endure, to survive, to live in reference to a state or a condition that you find yourself in to remain as one not to be overcome by another thing or a different thing to wait for to await for one so we are continuing this day in the faith and jesus said if you continue which we've done we've gone on the truth has set us free we now have to make sure we remain convinced that Jesus is the Son of God, that He is returning to the earth one day, and that during the meantime, we are the body of Christ. Scattered throughout the world, we are the body of Christ. The Spirit-filled brothers and sisters, baptised, walking with the Lord, are the body of Christ here on earth. And as Christ was on earth, He went out preaching the gospel. Our job, our pleasure... As Leslie was mentioning, is to tell other people about the things of the Lord. That's where the desire is to tell other people about the things of the Lord because we are the body of Christ. Are you convinced that this is Christ's body? In the beginning of Galatians in chapter 1, don't turn there, uh, Paul writes and says, I marvel that you're so easily and so soon drawn away to believe another gospel, which, she said, is not another, but there's some which pervert you. Pervert means make crooked, bend what you've believed. You receive the Holy Spirit by believing in the grace of Jesus Christ, and there's someone else coming in and bending it, and saying something different. If we don't fully agree that this is the right gospel and that there's another gospel out there somewhere we're going to end up in difficulties so how do we gain the confidence to be enthusiastic so that we can continue with Christ and contribute to his body turn with me to John 4 if we are Wanting to gain some confidence that what we 're believing is right, then we have to go back to a Bible and I'm going to call this we actually have to do a john and a jude you 've actually got to do a John and a Jude to get your confidence back John chapter four verse twenty three but the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship him. God is a spirit, they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth it 's not about being a nice good person much more to it than that being a nice person is a result of walking in the spirit but being a nice person won't save you being a nice person is the result hopefully of you walking in the spirit jude chapter one. there's only one chapter verse 17 says this but beloved remember ye the words that were spoken before of the apostles of the lord jesus christ don't turn there how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time yeah There's many around the place who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves sensual. What does it feel like? What does it taste like? What does it look like? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sensual, not having the spirit. But beloved, but ye beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. It's a a thing we do. We build up ourselves praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Just a little help here too. When you're praying in the Holy Ghost, when you're praying in tongues, don't tell yourself stories. Don't tell yourself anything. Don't whinge about what the situation is you're praying about. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for sorting the situation out. Let your tongue go for it. Praise the Lord. Build yourself up. In your head, thank you, Lord, for your promises fulfilled. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the thing I need here. Thank you, Lord, you know me better than I know myself. But don't try and tell the Lord how to do it. Build yourself up. Make yourself stronger in the things of God, what you say. Go to Galatians. We've got five minutes. Galatians 2. Galatians 2 is a book which is talking to the people at Galatia who had been uh, preached this different gospel that we were talking about in chapter 1 beforehand. I marvel that you're so soon removed to believe a different gospel. It goes in here in chapter 2 and verse 16. It says, Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. I have underlined that in my Bible. Faith of Jesus Christ. Please underline it in your Bible or make a note to underline it tonight. The faith of Jesus Christ. Now, some of your Bibles, the American version, the American Standard Version, will have the faith in Jesus Christ, and many other versions of the Bible have faith in Jesus Christ. The King James says faith of Jesus Christ, they're different. Hope you can see why. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ because we have the faith of Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Jesus Christ. We're not justified by our own faith. We're not justified by the faith of uh, keeping the law. He says, And not by the works of the law, but for the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. It's the faith of Jesus Christ which justifies us. He died, gave his life a ransom for us that we would receive the Holy Spirit. His faith did that. His faith every day continues to change us, to cleanse us, to watch us, to forgive us of our sin, to direct us and guide us. So the faith of Jesus starts to work in our lives. we over to verse 20. Same passage of scripture here. Verse 20, chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. I die. I've given up my interest in this world. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I Christ lives in me. That's how I live, because Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, as we all have today, I live by the faith of the Son of God. The same faith, who loved me and gave himself for me. He does the work. When we're praying, I actually like to put the word... Uh, healed in this thing here knowing that a man is not healed by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be healed by the faith of Christ not by the works of the law for by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified or not by our own conjuring in our mind of how to approach the Lord and this you know we've got to say it the right way and think the right way and so on no it's by the faith of Jesus Christ verse 20 I'm crucified with Christ nevertheless I live not I Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me his body we need to use his faith yeah we need to use christ's faith so we say to ourselves well you've promised this lord you've promised that lord you've promised this i know you're returning for me you but you you gave your life a ransom for me so by your faith in this event baptism and your faith in this event receiving the holy spirit i'm going to do it and those things will keep me forever and ever So that it is the faith of Jesus Christ that will justify us, which will establish us, heal us, teach us, strengthen us, unite us, embolden us. There's a new word which I'm going to introduce and I hope that you can understand how I've come to this word here. enthusiasmise the spirit if we apply him in our life will enthusiasmise us so we go after our prayer after our prayer enthused we have joined another rank of people we've been Christianized and we've been enthusiasmized. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord